Well, good morning and welcome to our Family Bible Hour. And I trust that all of you who will be listening to Sermon Audio will be blessed in our message this morning. Some years ago, I began a series of talks under the general topic of the good, the bad, and the ugly. And what I had hoped to accomplish was to focus our attention on some of the lesser-known characters of the Bible and their significance to the whole scheme of things. Secondly, I had hoped that such a study would also give us a better understanding of who we really are and how we might be brought to a closer and a more intimate walk with our Lord and Savior. Often we do not see ourselves for what we really are, unless we are brought face to face with someone else who is in the same condition or predicament as we are. And so such studies, I have found, bring us a valuable array of applications to our own lives. And so this morning, I would like to look at another character of the Bible that I'm sure you've all heard about, but perhaps you may not have seen yourself in him. I'm speaking in particular of Bartimaeus, the blind beggar who sat at the entrance to the city of Jericho. The scriptures include this particular account in three different Gospels. Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. Matthew chapter 20, verses 29 to 34. And Luke chapter 18, verses 35 to 43. So when the scriptures record an incident or an event three times, and that is in three different Gospels, then it is very significant and it behooves us to take careful note. So if you have your Bibles handy, would you all turn with me, please, to our main text for this morning, Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. Mark chapter 10, verses... 46 to 52. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. May God the Holy Spirit grant us the wisdom to understand the text before us. But as always, let's 
bow for a word of prayer. Father, we thank thee so much for thy holy word and pray that the Spirit of God will open our hearts and our understanding to this precious text before us this morning and reveal thy will for each of us. For we ask it in our Savior's name and for his glory. Amen. As this particular study begins, we read in verse 46 that Jesus and his disciples came to Jericho. Now, Jericho was the city that was cursed of God in Joshua chapter 6, verse 26, if you recall. And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. As you recall, Joshua, just before he had cursed this city, had previously destroyed it and burnt it to the ground, Joshua 6.24. And so it was ironic that Jesus, who was made a curse for us, would be passing through this city, which also was cursed. When we think of Jericho in New Testament times, we think of it as a dangerous place. This was where we saw the traveler identified as a certain man in the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10.33, passing through while on his way from Jerusalem when he was attacked by thieves and left for dead. Jericho was also the city where Zacchaeus, Luke 19, the wretched and despised tax collector, lived. And as the Lord was now only days away from Calvary, he was passing through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. But as Jesus was going through this historic city, he met a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. This, therefore, brings us to the first point in our message for this morning, which I've entitled Bartimaeus and His Condition. Bartimaeus and his condition. I would like for us to notice that Bartimaeus was first and foremost a sinner, living in squalid surroundings and blind. He could not see what lay ahead of him. His was a desperate situation. He could not fend for himself. He could not earn his living. He depended on the charity and pity of passers-by to give him provisions. There was no welfare system. There was no unemployment office to which he could apply. Neither was there a food bank from which he could get his daily rations. He had to beg. He had to rely upon the pity, compassion, and mercy of his fellow man. His state was a discouraging one and a very desperate one, for he was without hope and without resources. There was no hope for him as to his blindness ever being removed. He had no recurse, recourse to surgery, to treatments, to healings, because he had no resources with which to pay. He was poor. He was blind. He was wretched. Such was his condition. And so his, loss, his lot was to sit at the gates of the city 
and beg alms from passers-by. And what makes this situation even more tragic was that he was abandoned by his family. The scripture says that he was the son of Timaeus in verse 46. But who was Timaeus? Where was his father? What a sad state to be in, to have a father that was nowhere to be found. Perhaps death had claimed him. Perhaps circumstances had driven them apart. Whatever the case may have been, it was tragic that when Bartimaeus was in dire need, he had no family to look after him, to show him compassion, to comfort him, and to love him, and to help meet his most basic needs. Unfortunately, Bartimaeus's situation was by no means unique. There are many Bartimaeuses in the world today. Bartimaeus without fathers, without families, without hope, without resources, and without the Savior, who are crying out for someone to help them. And see, with as much crying comes hope, for this would be no ordinary day for our Bartimaeus. Today, something very special was about to happen. Today, Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. He was coming to Jericho. He was going to pass right by the very spot where Bartimaeus sat begging. And Bartimaeus knew who Jesus of Nazareth was. His ears had listened to countless stories about this carpenter from Nazareth. His heart had often rejoiced when he heard how Jesus had healed the blind before, as in Bethsaida, and how this same Jesus miraculously had fed the 4,000 with only seven loaves of bread and a few small fishes. And he also may have remembered how this Jesus of Nazareth healed the deaf and the dumb, and how he had set free those who had been possessed with unclean spirits. He may have even remembered hearing how this same Jesus could still the winds and the raging seas by simply speaking to them, Peace, be still. He may have also heard and remembered stories about how Jesus was able to heal all manner of sickness and diseases and even raised people from the dead. And maybe Bartimaeus may have heard and remembered how Jesus taught, Be not afraid, only believe. And as his mind rehearsed all of these things, his heart began to race uncontrollably. His soul from within began to rejoice with renewed hope and anticipation as his spirit cried out to Jesus in verse 47, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And again in verse 48, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And again and again, in spite of all the protests from the other disciples to be quiet, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, dear God, be merciful to me, wretched sinner that I am. Help me, God. Save me. I am without hope. I perish unless thou showest me mercy and savest me. Oh, dearly beloved, 
Do the cries of Bartimaeus not sound familiar? Are these not the very same cries of every wretched sinner who has ever come to the end of his resources and realizes the hopelessness of his or her condition? Do you not feel the deep anguish in his soul? Do you understand his desperate need for Jesus and for Jesus alone? Do you remember how we, in similar manner not many years ago, cried out that same cry? And so Bartimaeus cries out to the Savior in prayer to meet his need. This then brings us to the second point in our message for this morning, which I've entitled Bartimaeus and his prayer. Bartimaeus and his prayer. Oh, how simple, yet how beautiful this prayer Bartimaeus was. It came straight from the heart. There was no hypocrisy here. It was a prayer that reflected a very deep need. It was a prayer that reached the ears of the Savior because it was a prayer that only a soul which had been so stirred can cry. It was that type of prayer that James talks about in James 5:16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. This was the type of prayer that the publican prayed in Luke 18:13. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This was the type of prayer that reached the ears of the Savior because it reflected a deep need, was fervent, and was directed to the only one who could meet that need, God himself. And God delights in such a prayer. Oh, that we as believers might take to heart this prayer and remember the psalmist as he declares in Psalm 147, verses 3, 10, and 11. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He delighteth not in the strength of the horse. He taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. But the Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him in those that hope for his mercy. And notice the result. As Bartimaeus cried out to Jesus this prayer, he cried out to Jesus, thou son of David. Now that is important too. Bartimaeus knew that Jesus was in very truth the prophesied Messiah, the offspring of David, and therefore he knew that Jesus could open his eyes if only he could get his attention. And God, who hears all our cries for mercy and salvation, heard this one also and stood still. Jesus stood still. What a marvelous statement that Jesus, the creator of this universe, would stand still to take note of such a wretched sinner. But the scriptures say in verse 49, And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. 
And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And not only did Jesus stand still, but he commanded Bartimaeus to be brought to him. Oh, how sweet these words must have sounded to Bartimaeus. Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. This one, who was known as the son of David, was also the one who called himself the light of the world in John 9, verses 5 and 39. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. Dearly beloved, aren't you glad this morning that the one who was called the light of the world came to give us light? That he opened our eyes that we might see, see our desperate need for salvation. See how horribly ruined we were by sin. See that only the shed, of blood, shed blood of Calvary's cross could ever cleanse us from all our sins. Oh, I trust that we are here this morning with grateful hearts for our blessed Savior. Now we come to the fourth point in our message this morning, Bartimaeus and his faith. We need to notice that faith is what causes us to respond. And Bartimaeus had faith. We read in Hebrews 11, 1, 6, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, that is God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That is why Jesus was pleased. He knew Bartimaeus' faith was correctly placed. It was placed on Jesus, and that Jesus could do anything which Bartimaeus could possibly ask of him. His was a reaching out faith. It reached out to God, because after all, only God was able to do the impossible. His was also a determined faith. It was not deterred nor discouraged by others. It was fixed and refused to move. Instead of growing weak amidst the growing shouts of protest for him to keep quiet, his faith grew stronger amidst the opposition. It was confident that Jesus could heal. And though Jesus may have chosen to not heal him or to not hear him, his faith told him that Jesus could nevertheless heal him. And not only that, but his faith was also a rewarding faith. Because his faith was a reaching out faith and a fixed faith and a confident faith, it was also, as a consequence, a rewarding faith as we shall see in a moment. But first, I would like to make a comment here concerning such a faith. When a believer experiences such a faith, then that believer is blessed with a clearer revelation of Christ. As our faith grows, 
so too does our revelation and understanding of Christ and his beauty of character, which in turn causes us to respond more faithfully to his will. And that should always be our goal. This now brings us to the fifth and final point in our message for this morning, which I've entitled Bartimaeus and his response. Bartimaeus and his response. Verse 49 to 50. Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Notice how quickly Bartimaeus reacted to the invitation of the Savior to come. Bartimaeus cast off his garment, rose, and then came to Jesus. Now this is significant, this casting off of his garment. This is the garment that kept him warm. This is the garment that covered him and protected him from the elements. It was perhaps, in all likelihood, a beggar's garment, dirty, torn, smelly, but it was his. It was all he had. Yet the first thing which he did when he was called was he cast it off. He discarded it so that it would not get in the way as he headed for the Savior. But Bartimaeus was blind, and this garment could easily have tripped him up and impeded his movement. This is an interesting lesson here to be learned concerning the casting off of this filthy garment. Each one of us, when we came to Jesus for salvation and for forgiveness, must have had to cast something off. There is always something which we must abandon if we are to be healed by Christ. And in each of our lives, there is always something that entangles our legs and keeps us from finding our way to him. It may be an old habit, an old profession, an old possession, an old philosophy. It could be anything that keeps us from coming to Jesus. And it must be quickly discarded because Jesus will not stand still forever. We are reminded of this very thing in Hebrews 12, verse 1. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Too many believers are entangled in this world with worldly cares that steal their hearts from the Savior. And those are the garments that need to be cast off. And then there is the unbeliever with his garment of personal righteousness. That too needs to be discarded when coming to Christ. So many are deceived and disillusioned into thinking that they have some righteousness of their own that will get them into heaven and put them in favor with God. But oh, how quickly these garments must be discarded. For the Bible says in Isaiah 64, 6, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken 
us away. And so as soon as Bartimaeus cast off his garment, he arose and came to Jesus, finding his way in the darkness by hearing the voice of the Savior. And as he stood before the Son of David, he heard this question, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Oh, how his heart must have burst with joy and gratitude that this one who was Israel's hope, this son of David, should so incline his ear as to grant a blind beggar his heart's desire. Bartimaeus did not hesitate. He responded quickly, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Lord, I want to be able to see. Notice the title he gives him, Lord. Now, Bartimaeus was a believer at this point. He displayed all the trademarks of a true believer, as demonstrated already in his prayer, his faith, his response, and finally in his approach to the Savior. He acknowledged him as Lord. Lord, that I might receive my sight, that I might see thee and gaze upon thy wonderful face. Lord, be thou merciful to me. Oh, how the Lord delights in such requests. Verse 52. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. And immediately Bartimaeus received his sight. How his life changed in one split second. Moments before, he was blind and could not see. He was destined to a life of groping in darkness, fumbling and tripping on the ground, not knowing where he was going nor what lay ahead of him, bumping into things and into people. But now, he was brought into a newness of life. His sight was restored, not only his physical sight, but also his spiritual sight. He could see wonderful and beautiful things which he had never seen before. And he saw something which every saint of God dreams of seeing someday. He saw Jesus face to face, tenderly smiling at him when his sight was restored and with compassion telling him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. That then brings us to the end of this marvelous story of a blind beggar's sight restored because his faith led him to cry out to God. But before I step down from this platform, I must ask you this solemn question. Are you saved? Has the Lord given you light and life eternal? You need to be sure. The Bible says in Matthew seven twenty one, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Oh, I plead with you, dear friends, that if you are not certain, then call out to him today to save you, and he will. He will turn no one away. And if you are saved, then may I encourage you heartily 
to study his word diligently daily so that you may grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Savior. And may I humbly urge all the men who are listening to this morning's message to pray. Pray for your families. Pray for your church. Pray for your government. Pray for your co-workers, your neighbors. Pray for your enemies. Pray if you desire to know your Savior more intimately and what his will is for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank thee so much for this beautiful story of Bartimaeus and his restoration to sight. But above all, Lord, it shows us the compassion and the tenderness of our blessed Savior, who stood still and honored the requests of a wretched sinner to restore his sight. Part us now with thy blessing, Lord Jesus, and if thou be not come, by next uh, Lord's Day, we pray that thou would keep us together, keep us clinging to thee, and keep us ever looking upward for thy return. For we ask it in thy name and for thy sake. Amen.